is a podcast by the con artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game-related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, the con artists here. Uh, we're here after an incredibly long uh, spring 2021 season to tell you about all the shows we watched. And by all, I mean so many. So many, you guys. Guys, it's there might be three parts to this, I'm not going to lie. Um, but it's a very exciting season, so I'm, I'm really excited to talk to all you guys about it. So all four of us are here. Uh, there's me, Sue, Scott. Hey. Dan. Hello. And Brendan. Hi there. Hey, all four. All right. So, guys, I'm just going to roll right in because this is this is going to be a really long cast. We got like 19 shows. Yeah. I'll watch all the things forever. Um, okay. So, let's start off with a show called uh, Joran, the Princess of Snow and Blood. I was kind of interested in that one. How did it turn out? You know... I was really interested in it too. When I, when I first read the description and just looking at the title, like immediately I was like, oh, this is basically that manga Lady Snowblood, which became kind of famous because I think Kill Bill really aped off of it or, or did an homage to it. Oh, neat. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is this is a revenge story. Awesome. You know, that's, that's a pretty simple plot, right? So uh, it is about a woman named Sawa who possesses special blue blood that allows her to commune with a bird spirit and basically turn into this sort of like ethereal warrior. Uh, she like glows and gains like super speed and they just have this incredible like fighting strength and they're this like village of people. She belongs to a village of people that that can do this. The Kazumori, I think, is what they're called. And so... Uh, they, they're, they're hidden in this village, and uh, one fine day, the uh, the head of, like, the Shokugawa, to, what is it called? Tokugawa Shogunate? Shogunate. The Shogunate. There, that's it, that's it. Blah, English. Not English, Jap Japanese. So the Tokugawa <laughs> Shogunate, uh, this, this is set in the Edo era. The Tokugawa Shogunate is like, wipe them all out. And they all get wiped out, except her. So this is a revenge story, hunting down, you know, the guy, like, the scientist that really you know, did this because he wanted to steal all their blue blood. So that's that's the kicker here. Uh, episode three hits and Sawa straight up just kills this guy. I was like, guys, we're in episode three. How, how did this move this fast? But she she's there. She kills him. And I was like, where the heck can this show go from here? Uh, the show also had that bad habit of ending episodes on a cliffhanger. So you're just like, well, I kind of want to know. And then like you just get sucked, sucked in. Um, what I really had to say about this show was it ends up being ultimately a disappointment because the show never gives itself any time to breathe. I, I kept telling Scott when we would hang out, like, it feels like an action show that just doesn't have a stop button. It's <laughs> beat after beat after beat of action without anybody ever once thinking, maybe we should stop and think about the character motivations or think about what's happening. No. No, just just straight go. Let let that bullet train go and and snap the brake, so that it just flies down the rails a million miles an hour. They're like, let let's put it this way. So there's plot beats that it's like, oh hey Sawa, there's this lady who knows details about your family and who might have killed them. Nope, that lady dies. 
There's a secret book that could ruin all of the Tokugawa so we can take down the government. There's also a transvestite character who sort of like love-hates Sawa and helps her escape with this girl that she rescued. And then they go somewhere, but then she turns on her because she, the, the transvestite has blue blood that lets her become a creature. And then she murders everybody. And then they go back. And then it turns out there's a guy who's a crow. And like, I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> like, this is it. This is the episodes in order. Like you said, and then, just, and then, and then, and then, then, and then it just never slows, it never slows down to catch her breath or explain itself. Right, it just blitzes, and and by the end, uh, like, characters die, and they're brought back, and I was like, what is this show, man? <laughs> the the ending almost ruined the whole show, personally. Uh, it just, it's re this ridiculous continuation of the revenge story that doesn't even make any sense. Uh, quite honestly, I mean... The, the action sequences look really good. The music is good. Like, the opener is by Reze Sulian, who does a lot of the, the Symphogear work. I, I personally would avoid this show. I think it it's a shame uh, how, how hmm. what a missed opportunity it was, given such a, a simple idea with pretty compelling characters in, in the beginning. Uh I guess with, with no time to develop them at all. Right. I don't know how you botch, right, a revenge story with a cool, you know, secret government organization that protects a potentially corrupt shogunate and nope, totally, totally botched. So I personally would avoid it. You're not going to get anything out of it. It's like eating empty calories. So I would, I would pass, Dan. Hmm. That's unfortunate. A shame. Yeah, def definitely a shame. Hmm. Well, I guess I'll I'll pick it up from there with uh, a show that was a continuation from last season, which was uh, So I'm a Spider, So What? I think I did talk about this one last time, so I won't go too much into the plot details. I mean, it's it's an isekai genre, but there's an entire class of kids that get isekai'd, and they're spread all over the place. And there's also some, like, timeline shenanigans. There's a lot of interesting ideas, basically, and the show is still interesting. There's some new twists. There's a broader understanding of the setting in the second half. Uh, and... I still really like watching the spider running around trying to do stuff. Like it's a, in the first half, it was pretty much the spider was in this like labyrinth full of critters. In the second half, like she's broken out into the broader world and is affecting change on like a national scale. Uh, and so there's, it's definitely gotten bigger in scope, but it's, it's still really good. However, there is certainly some, some bad qualities to this show. The visual quality degraded a lot. Uh, like, it was already mostly CG with some, like, questionable 2D. The 2D scenes in the second half, and honestly, most scenes with the human characters, are so mind-blowingly terrible that at times I wondered if it was some kind of prank or troll, like, on the part of the creators against the audience. Holy it moly. It feels almost intentional. Like, yeah, bad angles, confusing scene construction. There's no sense of scale or distance. Like, characters will be talking to each other, and one of their faces will, like, the face of the farther away character will be bigger than the face of the closer character. What? Like, it's got oh, every boy. possible bad decision you can imagine. And some you probably haven't even thought of. You're like, it, it, like, it almost seems like it took effort to make it look this terrible. Uh, and it was like, are you just, like, because, like, the base of this sort of two plots, the spider plot and the human plot. And the spider plot continues to be pretty good. The quality is about the same as always, which makes it super bizarre that the human scenes are always terrible. And it's like, do you just want us to hate the humans because the the, 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 
you know, the visuals are so bad. I don't know what's going on here. Like, they're the ones featured in the theme song. I don't know what your plan is. Is uh, that that's pretty elaborate ruse? <laughs> like we've made it super hideous, and like, I mean, it's one thing to use art to display character traits, like like a Noween. It, it's another to just have the animation be ugly because <laughs> that's not really a skill. Right. Like it's it's it is ugly in a way that I haven't seen in in years. Uh, and yeah, like there are entire episodes that are exclusively about the human characters. Like it's not like they're like completely relegated to a minor role. Like they have a fairly major plot impact. It's like what what are you guys doing? Like I don't even know what to say. But uh, like in the end, like do I recommend the show? Like yeah, I guess if you like isekais a lot and you want to see this, you know, the, the twists they're doing. But just be warned. <laughs> There's going to be a dip. <laughs> If you have got quality needs when you watch anime, like this show is not for you. I have frame rate needs, Scott. I know. That's why I'm, I'm warning you. I don't think isekai is really your genre, but if for some reason you wanted to check one out, don't check this one out. I'm a spider, so what if all the human characters are ugly? Jeez. That really should be the title of the show. Like, yeah. we're, all, we're just in it for the spider. Like, the, the, the humans are just like, whatever. And also, you look horrible. That is uh, a crying shame. Yeah. Kind of continuing the uh, the string of, I guess, mild disappointment. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about uh, Tokyo Revengers, a show that kind of snuck up. Apparently, you know, some folks have been talking about it. It even came up at my workplace at one point where some folks are like, hey, this, you know, this is when it was first starting out. Like, this is this seems kind of interesting. Where this uh, this like twenty something year old loser guy hears on the news that his ex girlfriend from when he was in high school was killed in a basically it was an attack by a gang uh, where they were trying to like crash a truck into something as part of like either an extortion ring or a you know protection racket or something like that and she got killed uh, more or less on accident and he ends up eventually in a situation where he gains the ability to travel through time back to his own life as a youth in high school around the time that the gang responsible was forming from a bunch of delinquents. So he's basically quantum leaping back into his own life, and any time that passes in the, in the past while he's occupying his younger self passes in the present and vice versa Aww. so if he stays in the past for like two weeks uh his buddy who's helping him out with all of this basically has to hook him up to an iv and keep him alive uh in a comatose state in his apartment oh okay, that's, that's interesting pretty twist. interesting so that the mechanics of it are actually really cool the thing is is that it's all about like the weird loyalties and conflicts of this gang of freaking 14 year olds who are like <laughs> ready to stab each other to death it just like all, none of these kids look or act like 14-year-olds other than being a stupid, just stupid and aggro all the time. So I guess maybe kind of true to life in some regards, but it still feels a little far-fetched. Like this is, the thing, this is the way that delinquents want to see themselves. And to be fair, this guy was a wannabe. He was terrible at being a delinquent, which is why he quit immediately after high school, graduated, and went on to a series of crummy jobs. But then he goes back and has a chance to sort of do it over again, and he ends up befriending the leaders of the gangs and trying to prevent this big series of infighting uh, uh, things that 
sort of brought the gang down and turned them into, you know, an actual, like, Yakuza-style gang that is, you know, that is ruthless and, you know, drives trucks into food stalls in order to take out competition or to, you know, prove a point to anyone who would defy them. But every time he goes back, he comes to the, he returns to the present and he sees like, oh, things have changed. Like, you know, the ga- the, this one leader of the gang was not killed when he was supposed to be and everything should be okay now because he's going to keep things in line. No, that didn't fix it. Okay, well, I went back and I tried this other thing, and that didn't fix it, and it just keeps on happening. This girl that he's supposedly doing this for keeps on dying, and it eventually gets to the point where he is decided. He has decided now, and there is it is this this show, by the way, is continuing into the into the current season, so it's only oh, okay. halfway through. This is a this uh, is a lengthy run. Yeah, that he is going to he's going to really ser- he's seriously going to do something about it, and his plan spoilers is to take over the gang. The problem and the reason why this doesn't work for me and why I found the show disappointing is that he is a complete dweeb. Not like he's bad at being a gangster or bad at being a punk or any of that kind of stuff. He's, you know, he is, but that's not the point. It's totally okay if he were like that. He's just... He always runs away from his problems. He keeps talking about how he's like, you know, it's like, I used to run away from my problems. Now I'm going to stand up. They're like, every time he stands up, he gets the crap beaten out of him anyway, and usually to very little effect. He's, the last time he did that, he was only saved because his friend showed up to save him, which I suppose wouldn't have happened if he hadn't changed anyway. So it's kind of mixed. It just doesn't feel like he's evolving as a character. So the idea mm. that he is going to take over the gang seems far-fetched at best. And I do appreciate that his friend also said it's like, Okay, look, like the fact that it is like the fact that you keep going back and forth and this no- and this doesn't happen, just okay, we're gonna try something crazy and we'll see if it works. Good luck, go to the past, knock yourself out. We'll see what happens. And so at least the show seems to be kind of aware that he is still just a bit of a dope, but he's just he's insufferable, really. He's whiny, he's entitled, he's like he doesn't. A lot of anime comedy is based on, you know, silly misunderstandings, but it's so obvious what the misunderstanding is that anyone with even a passing understanding, like, someone could walk in on the scene of him, uh, you know, talking with uh, his girlfriend and her talking about the boy who broke her heart and realize she's talking about him. It wouldn't take, uh, it wouldn't take Sherlock Holmes to solve that mystery, but he doesn't get it. (sighs) It's like, you are being deliberately dumb at this point, and it is infuriating. So, like, again, cool mechanics, interesting setup, but between the ridiculousness of the whole, like, high school murder machines and the, uh, and the just completely unlikable protagonist, I just can't really recommend it. I'm uh. gonna stick it out just out of curiosity of how all of this mess gets wrapped up, but if I had known where it would go when I started, I probably wouldn't have picked it up in the first place. Yeah, so having having a bad main character is that's a that's a tough sell. Yeah, exactly. I mean especially if you're gonna go on that large of a growth arc, you know, like it, if he had started that way and now here at the midway point and you had some confidence, like he was more likable, but was still a dweeb. Like, okay, at least we've you know, we've crested the arc a little. But Yeah. There's just no sign that he. There's no sign that he has improved enough to pull this off. There's not even like, like 
uh, th there are ways it could have worked. I just haven't seen any of those materialize, and it's upsetting because, like, I really like where some of it is, and for all of his faults, I do appreciate that he is a very, he's a very sincere protagonist. He, you know, he wants to do things better, he really cares about what happens to the people around him, and that would be admirable if he weren't just such a dingus. <laughs> And that's that's a really big waste of a of a solid time travel mechanic. A hundred percent, yeah. So unfortunate, but yeah, we'll see where, we'll see where it goes. Maybe it redeems itself in the second half. I'm not holding my breath, but uh, you know, keep kind of keep it on in the background and see where it all goes. Mm, fair enough. What do we got next? Yeah, next up. Uh, so I saw the the show. Uh, the time I was reincarnated as a slime: colon slime diaries. So this is basically, you've got the show proper, it's been ongoing, this upcoming season is sort of another season of that. This show is kind of, what if you took all the filler episodes that you could make and made a show just out of those? That sounds terrible. It's it's actually, I mean, it's it's already, it's a good show, like I did enjoy it, but it's it's slow moving and you basically spend time with all the characters as they progress through a year together minus all the big dramatic conflicts that are present in the main show. Is this happening like simultaneously with the show or is this more of a like here's an interlude in the in the major events of the show? Kind of an interlude like you can sort of tell like oh this character isn't here yet but like this other character is so you know I mean the the scope of the show is sort of like the monsters building a nation for themselves so this is right. like a year in the growth of the nation that didn't involve any major conflicts I guess. Got it. Uh, it continues to be as well animated as the main show, which is to say pretty well. Uh, it's sort of, you know, heavier focus on comedy, as you probably imagine. Pretty funny. Uh, honestly, I liked it. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. Uh, like, But I only recommend it exclusively if you have seen the regular show and you want more of the characters. Like, anyone coming in without knowledge of the show is just going to be like, who are all these people? Uh, but no, it was, it was, it was, it was good. You know, sometimes you just want to see more characters talking with each other, and particularly minor characters that don't get as much time to stand out during the show. So it was good. Yeah, it did. It did what it accomplished. What it wanted to accomplish, I think. But uh, that's all I've got there. Cool, cool. All right, I'll I'll take it next with uh, My Hero Academia, the fifth season. So. Oh, we got a heavy hitter. Oh man, I know the big the big boys are here. Um, I mean, it, if if you're in on my hero, you're you're here uh, to you know here with me probably in the in the fifth season. Uh, the fifth season starts off with everybody's least favorite thing on earth, which is effectively a tournament arc. No, they don't call <laughs> the, the it a bane. tournament arc, but it is a tournament arc. Yeah, exactly. Right, the the bane of all shonen existence. Uh, so. Um, this one actually is a pretty functional one, so I liked it for a while. Uh, I, I didn't need it to take up, like, majority of the 13 episodes or, that we've, you know, had to get to this point. It was a little much, but, you know, I understand you only have so much manga, man. You gotta, you gotta stretch these things, but... Oh, so you're watching a little bit of filler too, eh? It, it did feel kind of, kind of fillery in a way, but... It was filler sort of around, it was filler sort of around a reintroduction of a major character so it, it's not entirely filler it's just padding yeah I, I was gonna say it also f has a function because we haven't gotten a good chance to meet uh class b so all of our main characters are in what's known as class a 
and class B has has been in the background like we've seen them do some stuff we've met a couple characters you might know by name but for the most part we really don't know who they are and they're all like fairly well thought out characters in their own right to the to the mangaka's credit and so we got a chance to like see their powers you know get to know who they are see their powers in action uh, and, the, and the tournament arc gives all of that a place to to show its stuff um it did get a little repetitive after a while, and like if you've watched enough shonen, you know how these things go. But there were a couple surprises here and there. I think I think the meat of it though really needs to be given to Endeavor. So Endeavor has become the new number one hero after All Might has been knocked out, effectively, and I think he's going through this like personal arc, and I think his relationship with with Shoto, Shoto and his family is really interesting. Like there's this, this family dynamic when, and something I've always really admired about my hero is, is the way they write the characters. You know, they really feel like interesting people. You want to root for them. You care about them. And, and there's no, uh, there's no difference here in season five. I will say the one thing that is really disappointing me is that the author has chosen to pull I guess I'll call it another shonen trope of just adding too much junk to the main character oh, and giving, yes. giving, giving too many things uh -oh. to our to our lead character. So just to give a quick background, if you know nothing about the show, our, our lead character, uh, Izuku Midoriya, he has a quirk known as uh, One for All, which is a power passed from person to person to person, each one you know getting cultivated and it, it gets stronger every time it's passed. But the power itself is mostly super strength, right? Correct. The power itself is mostly super strength. And that was great because one of the big things with my hero is that everybody's power has a strength and a weakness. And you have to overcome the weakness by using your quirk in an interesting or creative way. And no, that you know that that gets thrown out with Midoriya this season. So he's like the ninth in line, I believe, and all of a sudden, he starts manifesting a power that belonged to, like, the third guy who got the power. And, like, his ghost comes and talks to him. And he's like, this is probably going to happen because you're the one that, like, the cultivation has hit this crazy point, blah, 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 shonen nonsense. And I was like, oh, no. So it's basically uh. hinted, right? Midoriya is going to manifest, like, seven other powers. And you're like, the heck, show? The heck? And it's presented in such a way as if they can just drag it out for as long as they want. He right. literally tells like he he literally tells them he's like I'm gating these powers off so that they will manifest when when either convenient or plot relevant. <laughs> and yeah, it just very right. feels so artificial in how they introduced it. Now, to be fair, they did introduce the concept of this, not the powers themselves, but the people that uh this is passed through being involved somehow. They have foreshadowed this for some time. That doesn't bother me, but the idea that their powers are now coming into play just feels like a way to either stretch things out or just to make our perfect our perfect boy protagonist all the more unassailable as the big main character. Completely agree. I'm I'm really hope they undo this or force him to like give up these powers somehow even after they manifest as part of the writing because it's really nonsense and it, it puts him in a 
a world-breaking situation. You know what I mean? Like it, you shouldn't be allowed to do this. That's not that how point, all the, the other characters work. are going to be like relegated to secondary status forever. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Speaking of getting relegated to secondary status, I, I know that we're harshing on this a little bit, but like, what's good about my hero is still good. The fight scenes are good. Uh, as you said, the stuff with Endeavor, I feel like he's going through a really cool character arc. I like the way that they've introduced one of the new major characters of Hawks, who we uh, saw a few a few times in the previous season. Now he's getting a bit more to do and is leading into uh, some interesting territory in how the heroes and the villains are going to sort of be facing off against each other in the near future. But the other thing that really... So, like, what's good is still good. The show is still solid and worth watching, but the cracks are kind of more evident now because what's been going on for long enough and we sort of recognize the patterns. And one of the things that I've noticed recently, and Sue, if you disagree with this, uh, let me know, but... I've just been getting this ongoing feeling that the, the, the women and girls in this show, who make up a significant portion of the cast, like, it's a little skewed towards the male side overall in terms of, like, the class, but there are a significant number of women in this class as well, with very interesting, you know, power sets who have, you know, shown their competence and their abilities many times before, but they have all just sort of had to take a back seat. Like, they get their one moment in the... Uh, in the not tournament arc we're going through but other than that like they are relegated to helping out the dudes or just sort of like uh you can be in your own little training area where you get to do your cool things but we're not going to put you out into the main uh into the main story or anything yet you're never going to get to be the stars the worst of this of course being with um the uh girl who can control gravity who is getting set up more and more to being you know, Deku's girlfriend slash love interest slash eventual wife, because that's how these things go. And it's just very disappointing because she took on, like, Bakugo, arguably the second or third most powerful character and, you know, direct rival to our main character. And though she did not win against him in the first season, gave him a run for his money. And he, like, acknowledged her as a worthy opponent, and, you know, that was a big deal at the time, because he didn't acknowledge anybody as being on his level. So, like, her just now only playing support and not really getting any time to shine, let alone any of the other female characters who don't get even as much development as that, is just a real shame, because there's just mm. this, such a roster of opportunity there, and I think we mentioned this last uh, season as well. They just don't seem to know what to do with them. Yeah, Dan, I think you phrased it really, really well. And I, I think a lot of those cracks are coming from the fact that I haven't read a full interview or anything, but I, the, the mangaka, I don't think he ever expected to get this big. And so I, I think he's he had an ending in mind, which I'm impressed he still states the ending he wants is the ending he's still going towards. The path is now bendier than ever, but there's an ending he wants and is pushing towards. But I, I do think a lot of what's happening is that the plot is beginning to buckle under the weight of the fact that I don't think he ever thought this far out and the cast is enormous. So, you know, the, the, the women do get relegated to total backseats and I completely agree with you. They'd have super cool power sets. So the, the creativity is much lower with them and, and how they're utilized. And I, I think in a, in a lot of ways, this is going to sound incredibly sad. I'm so glad you always bring these things up, Dan, because I'm so 
jaded at this point. Like, of course the women don't have a place. Of course the women don't like are in a backseat. I'm watching a shonen show. I expect this. And so it just it just hits and goes through. So it's it's I think it's really good that you always bring it up. But yeah, it's it's inf- it's frustrating. Yeah, I think it's just the fact that it the show does, you know, while it does, you know, fall into some of the traps that shonen has traditionally fallen into, it does other things so well that you can forgive them, but, like, this is a real blind spot, and it's just a big missed opportunity is all. It's like, you all can do, you all, we know you can do better, we've seen you do better, why aren't you doing better anymore? And, like you said, maybe it's just a matter of, you know, thy reach exceeds thy grasp, in this case. Or just, you know, there's a lack of interest on that front right now. But who knows, maybe it evolves later, but, you know keep uh you know we're keeping up with it so we'll see if it uh we'll see if those if those you know the those kind of uh smaller but you know nagging issues get addressed as the show continues because if the whole power set thing getting gated off is any indication this thing isn't ending anytime soon (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a ride yeah we will see we will see how they handle that (laughs) But, you know, good good times for the most part. So so still a recommendation from the two. It yeah, is still overall. a recommendation. If you are into show. it by now. Yeah. Right. And I love the positivity, you know, all these characters bring. So, yeah, I, I do still recommend it. Okay. Good to know. All right. Uh, I guess uh, I'll pick it up from there with uh, I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level. Okay, now now hold 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 the phone. Hold, hold, you phone, you phone just got reincarnated as a slime, and now you've killed a whole bunch of yourselves, and you've maxed out your level. This seems contradictory. Like, what are you doing with your life? You're at your your second life. You seem very confused. Yeah, that's that's the key, right? If you have enough isekai, the goddess just keeps moving you between isekais. So yeah, it all works out. You got to trust me on this. Okay, all uh, right. Yeah, as, as we all know, any title that is longer than uh, three or four words is definitely an isekai. It's just uh, for some reason that's part of the the zeitgeist there. Uh, so this one's basically uh, it is isekai. It's kind of the Yashike kind of thing, you know, slow moving. In fact, the whole point is the the main character uh whatever she worked in some kind of corporate thing and when she gets isekai she's like what i want is to be able to take it as slow as i want forever and the goddess is like no problem you're immortal now have fun uh and then yeah she just kind of lives the slow life uh which seems pretty nice uh and i guess the plot truly begins when she starts basically bringing other people into her life and slowly her family of basically cute monster girls just kind of expands over the course of the show like everyone has a human form but all of them are some kind of long-lived race whether it be the spirit of the of the slime she was killing or dragons or elves or whatever uh everything in the show is cute uh there's some decent comedy i would say slight pandering to the male gaze though nothing too racy like it isn't uh, completely overbearing uh in terms of its overall plot structure like nothing happens to the point that this is basically a set of vignettes but that's also kind of the point like there isn't a big world saving arc it's just sort of like let's just hang out and have a good time i was very curious about this show but i was also very wary of it because i was unsure whether 
it was going to or whether I even wanted it to really go into the crushing psychological weight of immortality. <laughs> it 100% doesn't do that. Uh, the first few minutes are definitely just a montage of her living 300 years and enjoying every single day of it and never getting tired of it. So, But like the town that she lives near has cycled through owners of the shop that she buys supplies from. I did watch the first episode. That's true. She does kind of like mention that and like she's like, you know, has a reputation in town as the witch of the highlands who's just seemingly been there forever. Does the world like move around her besides, you know, just like, you know, people, people coming and going uh, over the centuries? Is there like technological or social advancement or is that just not a thing the show is interested in? It is not a thing the show is interested in. Uh, kind of the, figured. The, the town seems, I mean, I don't know what it looked like when she first got there, but it's pretty much a standard, you know, anime fantasy town. Got it. Okay. I was just curious if they would, you know, even hint at that sort of thing, because that's an interesting thing you can do with the concept of immortality, but that doesn't seem to be where this show's interests lie. Definitely not. Uh, Brenda, do you have the, another question? I think you were halfway through. Um, That was pretty much it, I guess. Okay. Yeah, uh... Yeah, so like as, as as you can probably tell from that, nothing heavy goes on at all. Um, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. Uh, you might be bored if you're expecting an isekai power fantasy. This isn't that. Like, yeah, okay, she's maxed at a level and she's all powerful, but like it rarely comes up. Actually, that was another thing I noticed watching the first episode is people would go up and like, hey, we can fight the level 99 witch. But like, why? <laughs> Literally, the way that you get powerful is by getting experience by killing things that are weaker than you why what does fighting the level 99 which even possibly offer you you can't learn <laughs> you can't learn from it maybe you can maybe you get to see what your limits are uh i don't know why they bother honestly after the first episode i don't think anyone cha- like one or two people might challenge her to a fight or something that think they're on her level but like that sort of people show up and challenge her to a fight thing kind of stops Oh, that's good. Uh, and at that point, it's just like, hey, what are we doing today? And like every episode will be like, I don't know, we have a picnic. We go visit the demon lands. Uh, I don't know, we we go to a friend's wedding. I mean, it's all pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty nice. Um, so what you're saying is that the main like construct of the show doesn't really play a large factor into how it rules. <laughs> It really doesn't like it. She doesn't have to be immortal. And she also doesn't have to be maxed out level for almost everything that happens in the show. <laughs> uh, I think basically the, the only reason, the only way those play in at all is she can basically say, I've got all the time in the world. And there's no reason to move at any pace other than whatever we want to. I think is the, she must've been a saint in her first life. Cause the goddess, like, like really gave it gave her everything she wanted. Damn. Her company literally worked her to death. Jeez. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Gotcha. The goddess figures she deserved a mulligan. Exactly. She's like, you know what? There's there's no world to save. Like the demons are actually fine. Like their civilization is fine and everyone likes them. They're too they're too busy playing Monopoly, Scott. Uh that's right. Oh my goodness. Why is that a that's that's a that's a shuffle, that's a shuffle reference, yes. Holy moly. Uh, yeah, they're just kind of busy doing their own thing. So, I don't know. There's no problem to solve. Uh, just the, pro- the only problem is how to keep yourself entertained. And the answer is by having your family grow uh, and meet cool people. So, 
I guess I do recommend it if you just want to relax and watch cute things happen. Like there's there's not much to this show, but uh, it's you know it's enjoyable. Very nice, very nice, nice and chill. Nice and chill. 